Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm Steph Corker. I still am. I introduce myself at the beginning of every podcast. Like I like when you out. introduce. <laughs> well, you just ruined it. <laughs> My guest. It's Matt Corker this week. Hi, bro. Hey. How's it going? You know, I was reading some of the Ask Me Anything comments that we got, uh, suggestions of what people wanted to hear. And beautiful Kasha Fink, she uh, put in the comment about what we're going to talk about today. And so she said, raising little people who are kind by default, unabashedly big hearted and brave enough to do and say and be all the big scary things is hard. You guys are this and more. Oh, thanks, Kasha. What is or are the biggest lessons you learned from your mama? A beautiful mama of three. She's the director of marketing at Allocadia, an awesome marketing female-led organization here in Vancouver. And we're diving right into it. I love these Ask Me Anything questions. Uh, It makes me feel like we're really on purpose and delivering content that people will listen to, um, perhaps on the way to work without a little person in the car. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, in prep for this, bro, you were able to rattle off three things very quickly of lessons from our mama or lessons from our parents. So why don't you go first? Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So the first thing that I I always remember is that we never got grounded. And the reason why that stuck out was because I remember having a curfew. And so say the curfew was nine o'clock. And our parents always stayed up at nine o'clock or like till, till we got home and we didn't get grounded because they, their rationale to us was if you're going to be home at nine 30 and get grounded for a week or home at 1130 or 1230 and know that you're still going to get grounded, then there's no incentive to come home at nine 30. And so know that we want you home at nine o'clock and we'll be up waiting because if you ever need to call us, get you home, we'll pick you up from anywhere, but like be home at nine o'clock. Okay. Just to qualify, I'm, sometimes I don't remember these things quite as well as you do. Were we like that good? Were we home at nine o'clock? I feel like you and I had different <laughs> upbringings. And the only reason I say this is because you were swimming all the time. So you were like, swimming in the morning, swimming in the afternoon after school, and then like zonked and probably in bed while I was like out partying. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I was like grounding. I was asleep at nine o'clock and you were like 12 years old, downtown Toronto. Now this all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The other thing that I really loved was that um, this, the notion of like, if you get good grades, then you can like, good grades were your were our answer to freedom. So mm-hmm. if you got good grades, you could participate in sports and extracurriculars. If you got good grades, then you did, like you were able to get more books at the Scholastic Book Fair. Frank, miss those so much. <laughs> and um, We are nerds. Well, like the good grades equaled, like you worked hard academically, you did what you needed to do to pass all your courses. Um, And then I also, the third thing that I really remember is our trips. We used to live in Toronto and we would drive down from Toronto to Florida for family vacations. Best ever. 
the best ever. This was the, like, before seatbelts were a thing, and we just put in a mattress in the back of our van. So there were two station wagon. chairs. Station oh, wagon. Station wagon first. It, it totally was a station wagon first. Yeah. But we each would be given 10 American dollars, and 10 American dollars back then was a big deal. And we every time we acted out or were inappropriate or rude or mean to each other, we would lose a dollar. And I remember being like, this is the best money management technique I ever learned. Because if I treated people nicely and if I was kind, then I got to keep what I had. And I didn't have to like give away my money. Um, And I just remember you and Jamie being little troublemakers and I'm like walking to the candy shop with a full $10 every time we landed in Florida. It's so fascinating because I remember those moments so vividly and thinking it in my brain, I'm like, it will be more fun to be a shithead right now and lose a dollar than be as good as Matt and keep my dollar. And it's like, the things that we're trained to like question and you thought I will just keep my Walkman on and listen to my music and not partake in these antics. And I'll have $10 when we get to the beach. The Walkman with the Lion King cassette player. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's be honest. I listened to that on repeat far too yeah. many times. Oh gosh. Well, it's interesting because when I think to answer the very same question, one of the things that comes to mind is, um, I remember our dad used to empty the change from his suit into a change cup and there would always be change there. And I would want to borrow a loony or a quarter and he would teach me in dimes and nickels and quarters and loonies about the interest. And if I borrowed a loony, I would need to give him a loony and a dime. And I was like, what the heck? How are you making money? And it, I, it really baffled me. And I remember learning then about borrowing money, uh, you know, what, what interest was. And if the bank would only charge me a dime today, I would be really grateful. <laughs> totally. You know, speaking uh, of lessons from dad, I think another cool one that I remember was um, dad would often not look at signs, like signs like no trespassing signs. <laughs> And so anytime we'd go on like a family vacation or excursion, that man, A, could not and still cannot sit still. And he always needs to be on the go doing something. And he'd always take us on these little adventures. And I remember being like, dad, there says, it says no trespassing. And he's like, oh yeah, that's just for bad people. (laughs) (laughs) And so it always worked. I was like, oh, I guess like if you're nice and kind, then you like get to access new places. (laughs) Well, and I think that's a downfall because my disregard for how to get out of a speeding ticket or where to park incorrectly or no trespassing. I think like there are laws for a reason and I wish I was brought up to trust them (laughs) and believe in them more. Um, And it made for a very adventurous childhood and Heck, I have lived a very non-boring life. I've never met a sign I've wanted to obey. (laughs) That's not okay. But wait, I have two more lessons. Go. I'm not done. Because I think there's there's value in learning about money and interest. And that was a great lesson from dad. Um, There are two other lessons. One is 
our relationship with food and you talk about getting A's and what I remember was report card day was like a guaranteed trip to get an ice cream cone because we were rewarded with a treat. Like, look, you have a great report card. Here's an ice cream cone. And our parents were awesome for it. And of course we loved it. And not that I'd ever turned down an ice cream cone yet refined sugar and ice cream cones were associated with those A's that we got on the report card. And I, I love our parents for it. We both loved getting ice cream cones back when it was hard ice cream and not soft serve or whatever that was back in the day. Uh, I just wish that I had a different relationship with refined sugar and that celebration could come. Of course, food and wine is great, yet I still just, I just want a treat. I just, I crave a vegan donut if I run a best time at a race and that's not okay. Uh, but beautiful lesson was celebration. That's what I would say. They always celebrated good things. And the third, which is perfect timing because it's Mother's Day this weekend, and this is why we're talking about our parents on, especially, you can rave about our mama um, this week, Mother's Day on Sunday, is hot diggity, bro. Our mom was a professional mama. She got up every morning. And she went for her walk and did her exercises. She put on her power suit. She wore high heels and nylons and pencil skirts. And her hair was always done. And her nails were perfectly manicured. She was hot and awesome. And I forever just remember coming into her room and thinking, you've, you've got it all, mom. Like, you know how to raise kids and and really rock a career. And, you know, as I started to enter my own career, I remember thinking, like, how did my mom look so good every day? How, how did she do it? And um, yeah, I just have mad deep respect for everything that our mom juggled. Yeah. And especially like, what I think we both are pointing to is the fact that A, the same experience was, or the same situation was experienced in two different ways. You know, I thought an A meant freedom and you thought an A meant refined sugar. You know? Ice cream. <laughs> and um, that we watched the things that they never told us. Absolutely. So, That's a great observation. So it wasn't that they were preaching to us about how to live a life. It's like they lived a life and we watched and we saw Absolutely. and we overheard and we noticed what they were noticing and we saw how that was different or similar to other families or other parents and like made sense of what it meant to be, you know, in our family. Totally. The one thing that I will do also to like pump up the tires of our mama in, in honor of mama's day and every day is like, more recently, 67 years old, moved across the country from uh, a town north of Toronto to, the, to Vancouver Island. And she took a job without ever meeting anyone face-to-face. -face. She chose an apartment without ever seeing it in the or flesh. Or meeting the people or meeting the people that would be her landlords and other people on the property and is now 67 and has 
transformed her life. She went from one way of operating to now a completely different uh, way. And for me, when I see, like when I'm coaching people that are in their 30s or their 40s, I like bring to mind, like if my mom at 67 can make a massive shift on a whim, that's so risky in like, when we think of all the factors, it's like anyone can do it. Uh, And you know, to that point and plugging, I mean, if our mama's listening, we love you, mama, we love you, we love you, hear that first. And as I have friends that are having kids now, I feel like there's an expectation for moms to do it all. And what I will say about our mom is that she did it all around the things she loved to do. That meant some nights she would stay up really late yet. And I know that she wanted to do it all and and be everything for us, of course. Um, And maybe with the lack of social media or, you know, different time, people just existed differently. I just wish that moms knew whatever they were doing is totally enough. So our mom wasn't the one who wanted to cook all the time. That wasn't her thing. That's a beautiful thing. Don't worry about that. And, you know, to answer Kasha's question, just be perfectly you and do what you love. And I feel like mom, our mom was a perfect expression of that. And she did the things that she loved to do. And she did them with her whole heart and she would never stop. And the things she hated to do, she procrastinated forever doing. And it was just painful. So don't do those things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the interesting thing. And like, as I enter into the conversation with Chad about starting a family and and parents and like the hunt for an egg donor and the hunt for a surrogate um, who'd be willing to partner with us along this journey. It also, I look around and I think when we're talking about parents in the work world, the conversation is primarily about women as parents in the work world. And so we recently hosted um, an event for the Canadian Health Foods Association and their board members that were in Vancouver. Um, And tell me a little bit about one of the conversations that you had uh, around the table, Steph. Gosh. So I just want our friends and listeners to know that Matt Corker is super putting me on the spot. And this is called what it's like to be in business with your brother and more so what it's like to be in business with someone who calls you to be both courageous and, um, and big all the time. And right before we were recording this podcast, I thought, I really hope he doesn't ask me about this. I really hope he doesn't put me on the microphone. And yet it was probably one of my most proud moments of 2018. So we had just had a very dynamic dinner with a wonderful chef who is just full of personality and passionate about his craft. And as he was leaving, or at the end of the night, he's leaving and saying, I'm going to have to say goodbye early because I like to go home and say goodnight to my two little kids. So thank you for coming. I'm on my way out. And as he leaves, a gentleman sitting to sitting beside me says, how could he have kids? I thought for sure he was gay. And I almost spit my chicken broth, I mean, my vegetarian broth, across the table and said, if he was gay, he could still have children. And by the way, he's not. So how about you don't ever say that again? And he backpedaled, and I'm not sure that made him feel super comfortable. And for context, I was sitting around tables of only white men. 
And what I think is important is that women speak up in these situations because obviously there wasn't a man to say something there. Um, and also I think it's important that I wasn't a bitch. So we could have very candid and very nice conversation after that. Um, yet I like somebody needs to say something. Somebody needs to let him know that that's not okay. And then he proceeded to ask me if I was 25 and when would I like to have children? And by the way, I'm not 25. I'm a decade older. And if I had been trying to have children, that would have been super heart-wrenching. And if in fact he thought I was 45, because I have some wrinkles, I would not have felt great about myself. So then I politely informed him that talking about age and women's fertility is probably something you also don't want to do. And he said, I don't think he had much to say to that. And we sort of chuckled with each other and said, like, you know, what else can we talk about? Um, and I explained to him that, I mean, I love people that are 45. That's super cool. Just, just maybe we don't talk about whether I've been trying or not trying to get pregnant. And um, there are other things for us to talk about. Or more importantly, there are assumptions not to be made and an assumption that I'm 25 or an assumption that the awesome, dynamic, passionate chef is gay. The assumption that even if he is gay, how on earth could he have children are all really important. And I think that's what parenting in 2018 is, is going to be about. And when we're thinking about Mother's Day, the assumption is that everyone has a mother. And Amen. a mother could have um, been, the, the partnership could include a widow or a divorce or um, not a female or someone who identifies as female in the equation. And so people have really dynamic uh, family units these days. And I think when we're talking about, you know, around the executive table, how do you support moms it's also like, well, how do you support two dads? And how do you support the conversation around parenting so that it doesn't become a gendered conversation? Absolutely. Um, when it becomes a gendered conversation, my concern is that we aren't holding the men around the table that are also parents responsible yeah. to the same level that we hold women. Totally. And and our dad and our mom both played such an influential role in who we are that both parties um, are, are responsible. Both parties had an impact. And so whatever the dynamic um, or makeup of, of a family, it's like know that all, all influences are valid and also responsible. Bro, you always say it best. Always, always. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for being in the real conversation about all things in business and in family. And it's, it's really special to be adults together. Amen. So, what, yeah. Is it time to wrap us up? Time to wrap, bro. Let's do it. What's making your heart beat faster, Stefan? What's making my heart beat faster is start lines. For the love of towing a line, the BMO Half Marathon was last weekend, and I'm grateful to have gotten out there. Way to go. It was fun to cheer you on. What's making my heart beat faster this week? Well, we just got back from a trip to LA to see a live taping of The Voice, so I got to see Alicia Keys and Adam Levine, which was really hilarious. 
And this week coming up, May 9th, this Wednesday, is an event hosted by Mealshare called Tonight for Tomorrow. And it's to raise funds to expand their programming to end youth hunger. Uh, so check out Tonight for Tomorrow. The links will be below. And then this weekend is AWOL, a weekend of leisure with Aaron DeJong from Movement 108. And we couldn't be more excited to go away um, and enjoy this sunshine that Vancouver is finally uh, seeing on a more consistent basis. So that's what's making my heart beat faster. And I heard there might be a couple of spots available if you check the link below. Amen. All right. That's a wrap. See you later, sis. Bye.